Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women. Et la bière rond, rond tout meilleur. Uh-huh. Uh, bleu. Je suis Michel. Je suis Nathan. Et je suis Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys. And this week we are reading The Last Duel, a true story of trial by combat. New sums les hommes bourré. <laughs> In medieval France, by Eric, uh, I'm not sure if it's Jaeger or Jager, Jagger, because it's missing. It's Jaeger Meister. Yeah, he's he's the he's a in training. He's like an apprentice Jaeger, the Jaeger Jaeger Kinder journeyman Jaeger, <laughs> Jaeger Kinder. <laughs> ah, yes, Jaeger Kind. Uh, so you're gonna hear all of our accents in this episode. Every single and they're one. They're all bad. Uh, so. Nate's doing all the bad ones. Okay, and I'm starting with beer. <laughs> This is a new brewery for us. This is King's Kolsch by the King's Court Brewing Company. That's a lot of alliteration. Or shall I say, alliteration. We, oui. Yes, all How of How is it? Is it bon? <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it, it, it oh, tastes like beer. So it's mal. It's, it's a, a Kolsch, isn't it? It's a Kolsch, yeah. I mean, it's not bad. It's fine. It's fine. Perfectly it's, adequate. It's refreshing. And it's still warm, even though it's supposed to be fucking fall by now. And this is very fresh beer. Anyway, uh, it's nice. Brewed, uh, Poughkeepsie, New York is where this is from. So local to us. Anyway, yeah, it's nice. 4.8% alcohol. So it's very light. There you go. So The Last Duel is a history, it's a nonfiction book, which is pretty uncommon for us. It's a pop history book that was published in 2004 and... Uh, really, we're only doing it because they're making a movie out of it, or they've made a movie. And it's coming out now. It was supposed to come out in uh, you know the COVID times, but was delayed. And it tells the story of the last officially recognized judicial duel that was fought in France. And typical of uh, you know any the the other French stereotypes that we'll rely on today. The characters are Jacques, Jean, and Pierre. <laughs> yeah, they really are. Though. <laughs> There's missing a Francois or something in there, or... and uh... <laughs> and Marguerite. So they're not even trying. It, 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 uh, so the judicial duel. I guess we should start with that. The concept of it. So if you study medieval stuff, if you've seen Game of Thrones, you will notice several times they do. They employ. He employs a plot device called the trial by combat in order to figure out. You know, who's, uh, basically, if somebody's on trial, they can challenge, they can, they can ask for a trial by combat. And if they win, that means that, means that, that God says you're right, so you're innocent. So trial by combat was a Germanic thing. It was a Germanic a medieval thing. But in trial, the difference between that and what this French crap is, is that the Germans uh, almost win every time and the French surrender right away. Um, no, actually, the difference is in the German trial by combat. It's like you have to prove your innocence by fighting against an appointed bunch of bullshit. Whereas in the French judicial duel, it's like a it's like an extreme form of civil litigation that <laughs> the, t- the the plaintiff <laughs> and the defendant fight. And that's you owe me five hundred dollars for the mailbox you destroyed. We will fight to the yeah, death. That's that's it. So there's a lot of history about that in the book where it explains how this process sort of has been slowly limited 
dare I say, too much history in the book uh, well, about it's a that. History book. You didn't like all the passages about how thick the walls were at every city they were in, <laughs> and some of those walls were triple C thick. Oh well, that's why Legris wanted to. Whatever the fuck you say his name, Legree. I'm not gonna say. We could we could agree to disagree on saying that guy's name <laughs> properly. <laughs> uh, but he he was into those. You know maybe. Maybe he was into the triple thick ladies too. Um, <laughs> they don't really say what Marguerite looked like. Uh, they do. She was pretty. That's they say she's hot. she's hot. There's no details because it's medieval times, and this is all you know based off of like three primary sources. It was like the thirteen late thirteen hundreds. Yeah, thirteen eighty six is when the duel is fought. So, and it takes like a year or so almost to get to get, to get the paperwork in order for it. Yeah, even back then, even back then, still. So the way it works, uh, so the, at this point in France's history, since this is the last duel, Hamilton fans take notes, not really the last duel ever, just the last French judicial duel that was official. So it's a pretty, quite a big asterisk next to the last duel. They had been gradually limiting the uh, scope of this type of thing and like, how often it could be employed. And it was at this point for these these guys only available in like the most extreme crimes like rape, capital offenses, murder, and and also because they were both nobles, both pretty high. And they had to both nobles. be nobles, and they had to kind of this is this is like an extreme uh, appellate court as well. <laughs> like you had to have a, be trying to fight an earlier verdict, and yeah, and the parliament, which I didn't even know France had a parliament in the thirteen eighties, had to approve it. It's a parliament. Uh, oh. Funkadelic, <laughs> but they they have to approve it, and they almost never did because there were these you know in the thirteen the the fourteenth uh, century that we're talking about here, right? The there had been like four of these, you know, they were in all of all of uh, Francedom. So this was Francedom. Francedom. So the story <laughs> follows. We we get a whole bunch of backstory on the main characters too, who are Jean uh, de Carriages, uh, yeah, de Carouge. Yeah. <laughs> And Jacques Legree, and they are both nobles of sort. They're both, you know, when you learned in uh, ninth grade what feudalism was, they'd be on the knight level of the pyramid of of the feudal. (laughs) They would, except technically they were both squires, at least at the beginning. Right, so they were the budget model of (laughs) of the fenders. And uh, they were fenders of the fate, faith. So they really were, you would, you would really call them more men-at-arms, which is really like, they do all the things the knights do. They're just kind of like not special enough to be appointed a knight <laughs> They haven't yet. gotten their commission. Although Carouge does end up getting appointed to be and a And they get knight. paid half as much because they have a pretty strong knights union. <laughs> that they're Very strong union. <laughs> uh, the local... Uh, one. Uh-huh. Lo- <laughs> the local... Un? Uh, how do you say one in French? <laughs> It had to uh, be one of the first walk. unions. Like how many? <laughs> yeah. What's earlier? It's like some Mesopotamian well, they didn't let clay makers union? unions back then. So it's probably the only one. They called them guilds. All right. right. Well, this, this is they're trying to determine who's guildy in this. So it's. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they both work, live, whatever under Count Pierre Pierre Dals, D- Dalenson. I don't. I don't think. I think that's as badly as I would have done pronouncing. Is that actually right? Dalençon. Dalençon. Okay. Dalençon. So that he's the count, and uh, they work for him. But Carouge is from a, a money, you know, a family with history. They've been, you know, 
accumulating land. They're both from old Norman families in the north of France, but Carouge is from an old money family. Yeah, yeah. they're much more established. Like, you know, one of his ancestors once hung out with William the Conqueror or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And uh, Jacques Legree is of uh, less prestigious birth, but still better than 99% of the people living on these fiefs. Hmm. Uh, Legree is Jacques Legree. He's well-liked by the Count, whereas Carouge is just an asshole, (laughs) and uh, nobody really likes him very much. They just put up with him, though apparently he's not a bad, like, warrior, because he, like, literally goes off to war, like, every two years. And there's a lot of war to be had back then. It's a pretty bad time for Well, it's, it's during the Hundred Years' War, so he's like, you know, you never have to wait very long for some more yeah. war. <laughs> um, so, so the thing that Carouge and, and Legree are kind of friendly in the beginning, but then Carouge feels slighted by uh, a bunch of bland transactions that he's just being a fucking bitch about, really. Well, I mean, what, what it really happened was... Oh <laughs> Here comes a beer. <laughs> what happened was uh, there's a few things that happened that make Carouge slowly over time start to hate Legree as the cool new guy and also to make him feel like uh, Pierre favors Legree because he does. But one thing that happens is... Uh, Carouge's father dies, and instead of being given his father's position of like command over some garrison or some local fort, uh, it goes to someone else. And Carouge is like, "That's fucked up." Then he's trying to uh, he's been trying to buy this land that he really wants. I forget what it's called. Um, doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter at all. A, a like, new fall yeah, something. Some, uh, yeah, something like that. And he wants to buy it from the guy who's selling it or moving. And he, he's going to buy it. And then Pierre is like, you can't buy that because uh, that guy owes me money. So it's mine. And I, th- I think it was actually after a death. Like it technically. Yeah. Oh, it would because, be a, because it didn't estate. get passed down in the family. Because it didn't get passed down from father to son. It, it reverted back up a level to the, to the next, his boss, which is the count. Yeah. And, but for some reason... Carouge has had his heart set on this particular piece of land for a while because his family has not been doing great. Like, they're losing a lot of money. And back then, your land was how you made money. Like, you had peasants or, you know, serfs, basically, that farmed the land for you and you got a chunk of it. But since he didn't get this land, he's like, fuck, there goes the farm. (laughs) (laughs) It's about three minutes of setup. (laughs) Well, that's an important plot point, actually. Uh, this is called Their Ghosts, the Farm, <laughs> and it is a watermelon, lemon, and ghost. Gosa. Whatever. Uh, and it says, when life gives you lemons, we say, chuck a watermelon at it. <laughs> Just that. I don't know how strong it is. This is from Good Nature, which is a new which one. Which Jean Carouge was not a man of, of good nature. No, he, he's kind of a dick. It's interesting. It's definitely got a lot of fruit in it. I'm getting way more lemon. Uh, but just, there's, there's a watermelon hint in there. But that's just because lemon's such a fucking strong flavor. Yeah, watermelon's such a, a weak flavor in, in beer yeah. form. I get like a like an air of watermelon above a... This is made of lemons. But it's it's, it's, it's kind of like, like a... It's practically one of those fucking white claws or some shit. You know, like a flavored seltzer kind of thing. Mm. So, you know, it's fine. I don't know... 
if this would ever be considered beer, but it's refreshing. A nice, lovely juice. We should say this juice is brought to us by our supporters at Patreon. So if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash drunkheadsbookclub where you can become a patron, get uh, access to exclusive content, uh, early access to regular content, vote in our monthly book poll, get shouted out, and even join us for our quarterly live episodes and get physical stuff too. So if that's your thing, head over there and that would really help us out. Or just, you know, leave a review or tell someone to check out the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Or buy oh, some merch. Oh, yeah. We sell merch now. I'm wearing this shirt. doesn't really work on the podcast to tell you that, <laughs> but trust, I'm not naked unless you want to think I am, and that encourages you to become a patron. Then from the top app, anyway. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, this chair has seen unspeakable things. <laughs> it's a toilet. It's t- <laughs> I'm getting into... Just in case. I mean, it's, it's just it's convenient. The acoustics are terrible, but, uh, you know, you've ruined too many chairs. Jimmy, we, we, this was, this was, that was, that was, in, oh, fuck, I can't even talk right now. Blew up my spot so bad. I told you that in confidence. <laughs> Blew out your ass so bad. Anyway, so these two guys, we also skipped one part where the Gree got some land from Karuja's father-in-law before he died. And so their, their pseudo friendship has at this point devolved to, I hate that guy. I hope he fucking dies. But he doesn't. And uh, Karouche tries to, like, sue him a bunch. Or, like, not sue Legree, but, like, tries to complain. Like, giving that land should be... Yeah, he does. He's, he sues him. And uh, they're... But the king said, it's cool. So. Yeah. And the, or, the, or Count Pierre, who really likes, who really likes yeah. Jacques. Well, the, the Pierre wrote to the king to say, give this the okay. Because that way, like, the court should be like, well, the king said it's okay. So, sucks to be you. Still better than being a peasant. Because like, all they wanted was this land so they could just get fucking money, you know, just collect, you know, profit from the farms that they don't have to do anything on. It's an amazing yeah. how greedy they were. <laughs> Yet somehow they have no money. It's like their job is to get free money, but they don't have enough money. So Carouge, he one thing, so he, his first wife had died. And, he, and before he goes off to war again, to, goes off to Scotland to start a war, uh, he marries a hot young thing, but short named Marguerite. He's like 50-something at this point, and she's probably 18 or 19. Nice. Which is normal yeah. then. But still, this was after his wife, wife and son died, and he has no heirs. So he's like, I've got to pump out some heirs. So the, the idea is, I'll marry a young lady. She's nice, ready to go, baby making and wise. She's, and she's also pretty rich. She or, she is. Or more like she's going to inherit a bunch of pretty nice land with a bunch of nice peasants that will pay him to pay him, you know, at yeah. the same time. But her father had chosen the wrong side in two wars against, against the French the king. king. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. It was a goof. Yeah, when he played the Game mean. of Thrones. Uh, so, uh, so the reason why, like, he was willing to, so technically, if he didn't need the money so bad, probably wouldn't have married her. Although she was pretty attractive, and they're married for like several years, yeah, like five or six. But he's also gone for a year or two, almost right away, because he goes and fights. He he goes to Scotland because he's joining. He's the French. Sail to a French army sails to Scotland so that Scotland can invade, so that France and Scotland can invade can invade England from the north. Doesn't happen later because he's gone at the beginning, of course, but like when he's in Scotland is when the alleged crime occurs. 
No, no, he was ba- he was just after he, he took got a back. sweet time getting back from Scotland. It was just after he got back okay. from Scotland, from the war in Scotland. And so at first the war goes really well, but then the king of England is like, you fucks. And so he like brings up even bigger army well, because this north is the French to then attack and them. the Scottish fighting against the English. And the Scots are like suddenly like, oh, we don't want to do this anymore. But the Scottish king, Robert, just demanded a huge amount of money from the king of France in order to like, hey, you're using our land to invade England. It's like, I thought we were on the same team. So it kind of doesn't go that well. And then they lose a, they lose a battle and, they, and, and pretty much all the French soldiers, all the French you know, nobles, French knights have to then go back with nothing. Like they, all their plunder, all their booty, gets, you know, confiscated. They don't even have their horses or their armor anymore. Carouge went there in order to make money, but he comes back completely broke. And that's when he that's where he is he, when he when the the crime happens, he's petitioning to get his wages. Oh, yeah, he goes he goes back to Paris because they were promised like whatever, what's that, a, a, a livre, it was like a livre, livre a day a day or a half a livre if you were missing limbs. I don't know. It's a novella. <laughs> Because a livre means book. God damn it. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are a book podcast. We're a livre podcast, yeah. It is very common in, in wars before the modern before modern banking. It's very difficult to actually pay your soldiers when they're out in the field. Especially if you don't intend on to doing actually it. like <laughs> they don't have direct to deposit. actually have the to actually have the physical money to like pay the soldiers, yeah, definitely. This a huge this problem. part description of that battle had a really great line that uh, Thomas Jagger or whatever didn't uh, didn't really think through. So Richard II was the king of England at the time, and so this is when he's like, "Motherfuckers, what are you doing?" And this is I did not this is a direct quote from the book: "The young King Richard II, incensed at the ferocious attack on his backside, <laughs> hastened north." <laughs> so they tried to butt fuck the king. <laughs> Understandably, he was like, I wasn't even ready. And <laughs> I haven't taken my poppers yet. Guys, you didn't even like spit on it first. Like, that's was, was really rough. <laughs> I just I just took a hot one. Uh, I don't know if you could really even be capable of taking a hot one with English cuisine in the 1380s, but <laughs> it must have just all been barley, <laughs> the occasional grouse. <laughs> but maybe, maybe that was there like an Easter egg for the for the careful reader. <laughs> Hear about the yeah, the the sneak butt attack. I'm, I'm sure the literature professor put that in there just for us. Is he a literature professor? Who is this guy? He, I so I looked is. him up. Um, he has a stub Wikipedia article. He's a professor somewhere. He taught at Columbia at one point, um, but he has but of literature, not of history. Literature, medieval His, literature. Uh, medieval he was, literature. Oh, he is a professor of uh, in the English department at. Um, University of California, Los Angeles. So he knows a oh, whole bunch go. of shitty medieval literature. He has a whole bunch of shitty books and plays that nobody reads. And the, he knows the fuck out of illuminated manuscripts. In Norman that French. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, to be a medievalist, though, you have to have a shit ton of language abilities because it's kind of at the time where all of a sudden, like, stuff starts to get recorded in anything other than Latin or Greek. So there's like this explosion of other, you know, texts in English and Italian and French and German, but they're like archaic forms. There's no consistency of spelling or even grammar. And there are, you know, words that appear. So it's like reading the internet nowadays. In uppercase and lowercase hadn't been invented yet. And probably periods at the end of sentences weren't used. Certainly not consistently. 
and it's all handwritten, you know, very florid, flow, you know, flourished, uh, filled stuff, but it must suck. Like, so I actually, you know, when I was finishing up my master's in history and one of the professors was like, you know, you should do, have you considered a PhD program? And I was like, no, but then I was like, well, let me think, well, what's that like? And I looked at the requirements, like, I don't want to fucking have to learn four dumb dead languages just so I could get more debt. <laughs> but it's so, the guy is a super nerd, I guess, to, to do all this shit. Must be fun at parties. <laughs> well, did you know that uh, the Beowulf manuscript? <laughs> what, 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 what can he really share? But this book is not a, this is not the kind of book that a professor of anything typically writes. This is definitely meant for a lay audience. It, it it felt a bit like an undergraduate research paper, just a long it, one. It's a I I'd put it better than an undergraduate, maybe graduate level. A good graduate, yeah, first year graduate. It's it's not um, su- it's not an academic. Text. It's not academic text, but it's also not like the best written thing in terms of its prose. It's pretty clunky. It's not. I mean, even even ignoring the ferocious attack on the backside line, it's not the best written thing. Much like a knight in plate mail. Yes. That, yeah, that is uh, a foreshadowing. <laughs> so the crime, the alleged crime, is that while Jean Carouge... That you don't even, which is like both the point of the book and you don't get to until halfway through the book. It requires an enormous amount of context, almost too much context. Well, part of it is to give context of the period and France's history because invariably, I didn't fucking know all that shit about France. No, and I either. Did study history, so I imagine the average person doesn't either. Yeah, um, and to understand the medieval world, though he doesn't really get you know too much into it. There's plenty of other stuff you could have explored, but you need to understand a little bit of it. And realistically, there's not much to write about the event. There's like a handful of little documents, which is the problem with the book. Yeah, they're trying to. This, this could have been in a nice article in like National Geographic that was like seven pages long. And you'd be like, wow, what a cool story. And then you'd go to your dentist appointment. Like, but then, <laughs> but instead it's, it's 240 pages of stuff. And you're like, this, this seems stretched out a bit. So while, while Carouge is whining to get his back pay and like the king must be like, oh, you have to go see uh, Francois and HR to get, to get that. Got to go to the bursar. Yeah, he leaves... Uh, his wife with his mother, which and and a whole a retinue of servants and shit. But they all leave one day to do some bullshit to go visit some other castle and you know spit on a poor person. And it's just the wife Marguerite and like one other servant who doesn't really factor in ever. And so Carouge, who uh, I'm sorry, Legree, who has a reputation for being a womanizer, French. Well, yeah. And uh, his buddy, who I forgot his name. Feminizer. Um, was it Adam something? The, the, uh, the, the, the goon? Um, Louvel. Oh, Louvel, yeah. Yeah. Was it, was it Adam? Was that his first name? No, you know, I'm, just, I'm looking at the cast for the, the movie, and there is no Louvel. <laughs> so like, they, clearly they changed some things in the film. Louvel knocks on the door, and he's like, hey. Uh, Adam Louvel. Yeah, nice. It's Adam. We remembered it. Educational podcast. <laughs> he he knocks on her door and she opens it, which must have been. I mean, it's like imagining like a medieval castle door. Like, how did she even hoist that open? And he's like, he has "Hey, a battering ram to knock." Just like, 
I think it was just a house. I don't think it was, it was a, like a castle because they weren't house. at their like place. I think they were at a overgrown inn. I th- I don't think they it were, was. They a, were, it was it was a chateau. It, it wasn't it wasn't a castle, but it was not just like a regular house because it was his mother's like estate, and she complains that she's at like this lesser estate since his dad died because of whatever the fuck. So it's like it's probably pretty nice for the area. But it's not like up to her standards. It probably still had a dirt floor. It was the 1300s. Yes. Well, they hadn't invented linoleum yet. <laughs> the Wi-Fi was, was terrible in some rooms. Uh, but uh, Adam was like, "Hey, do you want to like?" He is like st- the way it's written, standard predator language. And he's like, "Hey, do you want to come help me look for this lost puppy?" Or like he says, <laughs> <laughs> "Can you just check in the back of my van <laughs> if there's candy there?" But it's like, my boss, uh, Legree, would really love to speak. He, like, has to ask you for a favor. And um, he sent me to ask you to come back with me to talk to him. And she's like, no, I'm good. This, I'm all right. This was the time when, you know, a woman wasn't allowed to be alone with a man. And he's like, no, Never. really. I, you know, it's, it's, but it's like medieval times. So he's probably like, I beseech thee to come hither. And she was like, no, thanks. And then the other guy just, like, kicks open the door. And he's like the fucking Kool-Aid man. <laughs> he just barges in. He's like... He is apparently a big fucking dude. He's a big, you know, he's a knight. Well, what we would think of as a knight, even though he's a squire. He is... Yeah. Uh, but he, like, even compared to, like, Carouge, he's a, he's a big guy. Like a beefcake of a man. But it's medieval times, and everyone was malnourished, so he's 5'6", and he's a, a bucky. Well, his family was rich, so he's probably doing okay. He can afford to eat three chickens. A year. <laughs> so he barges in there. And he's like, I don't know if he, he talks to her for a little bit. I don't know where the fuck uh, the author gets this information. So the, sh- the book, at this point, the book shifts from like, we don't know. And here's what might, if things might have been like yeah, yeah. back in the day to suddenly a very descriptive With dialogue. Like, this is what happened. Like eyewitness account. Like this is what happened. It's, it's heavily based on her testimony. Which was not recorded in the court because she was a lady and her talking yes. in front of the court would have caused... Pissed off God. Yeah, he would have been mad and her period would have attracted the English to attack. <laughs> but he yeah. rapes her and, and she puts up a good fight and Louvel holds her down while the guy rapes her, which is you know pretty horrific. And then he's like, oh, don't say anything because you're piece of shit and uh you'll be in more trouble than me and then he leaves and he's kind of not wrong oh in this time absolutely yeah and then the um husband comes back i don't know like soon a few days later a few days later yeah a couple and days and she tells him right away and i found this part interesting they're like you know speculating why did he why did she tell him right because it's true her husband could have reacted and been like you're fucking dead to me get out of go go be a beggar he could have done that and people in the time would have been like yeah of course but instead she tells him and one of the speculations is like well possibly she was all bruised up and shit and people slept naked so she would have had to, he would have like would have been awkward to explain yeah <laughs> the bruises so she's like let me just get in front of this and tell him about it but also he had been trying to get her pregnant for five years and nothing had worked and suddenly she was pregnant and so she has to be like there's something that happened. So they do say in the book, they believed at the time that you could not get pregnant from rape. They still believe that in Kansas. Well, I mean, 
Isn't the Obadi just is a way of shutting that kind of thing down. That was that. That was a Republican Senate candidate. Was that from Kansas? I think it was Kansas. Uh, I know. I know. People have said this, and it's <laughs> it's it's upsetting. So then the hus- she tells the husband, and surprisingly, he's like not mad at her. He's like, I have to get that. Well, he already hates this dude. Yeah. This is this is the the way it's written in the book. This is like the excuse he needed to try to kill him. So they. They go complain to the local form of justice, which is essentially the count. But then, strangely enough, when the day comes for their hearing, they don't show up. They being Carouge and Marguerite. They just don't show up. So then the prince is like, well, clearly they're full of shit, so innocent. But then it's possible that it was a, it was a plan, a ploy of Carouge uh, to then be able to uh, you know, appeal that to get the trial by... Uh, you know, a judicial duel thing happening. And then becomes a long bunch of a section of the book, which I call Squires and Esquires, where <laughs> <laughs> they fucking... With the lawyer, Jean Lecoq? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that guy, was a, that guy was a bit of a dick, but it was... He uh, had a different career younger in life. <laughs> but then they have long passages where it's like... The lawyer, like, if it's like a fucking OJ trial, like his legal team had to prepare. Like, what was the prep? Like, what was there to prepare at these times? Like, oh, I have to write these briefs on this piece of lamb skin. Like, <laughs> fucking bullshit. <laughs> but it took months to get to the Parlement, and then they had to testify, and they recorded some of the shit. But it's like the way fucking medieval people took notes of things. So it's like written in Latin by a person who's very, not just disinterested, but detached from writing about it. So it's like, the man tells a story and about a thing. Like, there's no details in the document. So the guy kind of just flushes them out with, you know, what he probably said. And he gives long quotes. So maybe some of that was actually recorded. But then it's not even clear if, like, Margaret was in. stenographers in the old days? Like, <laughs> scratching of a fucking feather on a goddamn thing. But then... And it's also clear, like, Marguerite might have been there. Like, it's not, she's not, like, not even in the story anymore. She's just a fucking MacGuffin for this. Yeah. Well, she's in it at the end during the duel. Right. Because she comes back there. So she's super preggers. And, uh, you know, that's a bummer. But, or it's good for him because now, but then everyone's like kind of suspicious because the guy, we were married for years without any kids and now she's pregnant. So it's like, oh, maybe, maybe. You know, Legree steadfastly denies it. Carouge keeps saying, like, I seek satisfaction or whatever the fuck they said. They literally throw, he literally throws down the gauntlet. (laughs) Pick up my glove. Which is part of the practice, part of the actual practice. And then even for a hot second there, her cousin tries to also duel the the goon, Adam Lubell. That just kind of disappears. That's the the undercard event? Yeah. (laughs) 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 And then... Ultimately, they're like, "Yeah, sure, you could, you could, you should, you should do that. Let's do it around Christmas. Everyone will be in a festive mood." <laughs> yeah. Not only was everyone in a festive mood, but the king's son died the day before. Well, they didn't know that when they scheduled well, they, it. They did it. No, well, they did. Ob- they didn't schedule it earlier, and then the king wasn't going to be able to make it, so he said, "Do it later because I want to watch." Because the king was like seventeen, he's young. Yeah, he's like. I but had to go. But, but also, didn't he have to go off to another war? Yeah, he did. Like the English had just invaded. He's like, I'm going to go fight off the English, and then I'm going to come back and watch these two French guys kill each other. Sweet. 
So they had to delay it because the king said, and you got to do what the king says. But so they hold the duel. And then this is actually the only good part of the book. <laughs> um, but in, it's, it's written in a very descriptive way, which I can see why this was exciting. And, and it's all, I'm sure, it drawn, it's, all, it's all drawn from accounts of people who are actually there. I guess, though, I'm sure he had to kind of, like, invent some stuff just to, like, you know... I can't imagine that any medieval chronicler was given blow-by-blow, you know, fight details. He's there from the Daily Bugle. And then he unseated (laughs) him from his horse with a swift thrust of his joust. I mean, they might have. It's very specific about how many times they... So So, first, you know, there's a very long description about all the different armor they must be wearing, even though he had to just kind of guess about that part. It's like the fucking worst training montage ever. Yes, the armor, the weapons, but then finally, and then the whole, like, and then each of them had to proclaim their side of the story in front of the priest, and they had to do all these things. Okay, then you finally get to the duel. They had to hold left hands. Because they needed the right one to hold their cigarettes that they were smoking. (laughs) (laughs) They each take one half of a baguette and they break it. And whoever has the biggest half of the baguette gets to flip the coin. (laughs) And they also had to bring snacks. Yeah, in case the fight took a long time. Make sure you bring snacks. A a carton of cigarettes. They said in spare case beret. the duel took more than the day. Like, like literally, if it got dark, they would stop for the night, and then they would start up again in the morning. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. I mean, I guess I guess that can happen. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it is hard to stab someone wearing plate mail. That's the whole point. And also, like, they're carrying enough armor that if you fall down, you probably can't get back up. So just trotting around just must make them winded, you know? So a lot of the fight was them panting and just... uh, Oh, yeah. One sec. Just sweating balls in the winter wearing metal. Well, first, first they start out. They start out literally jousting, but not like pretend jousting, like a like a like a tourney. They actually are really trying to kill they each put other them on a gurney. <laughs> <laughs> so they go, th- they go, they go three times each, like you know, hitting the, hitting each Rusting other. And with their long real rods. jousting, <laughs> real jousting is like getting hit by a car. It's like getting in a car accident because. They're each going about 15 miles an hour and then just like, you know, hitting each other with a, with a pole. It really is like there's less force involved in a car accident. So it is really brutal. It's extremely cruel to the poles. <laughs> right. They just have a, just hold the guy. Yeah, just just like, uh, take that, Stanislav. But they also, before they get into the fight, they have to be like padded down to check that they're not cheating. But they they're get not using to, magic. But they—that's about the only thing. They <laughs> yeah, come into the magic. fight with the fucking jousting thing, a horse, two swords, a dagger, and an, an axe. axe. And they're like, no, no hitting below the belt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but you actually can hit below the belt because he talked about can. that one yeah, guy one who won the last duel, who knocked the dude over after like they were punching each other for so long, and he just reached into his armor and ripped his balls off, and the guy bled out. I have so many questions about that. One, well, was he Michael, just free balling? love each other very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess underwear might not have been a thing. It's probably very sweaty in there. We're about chafing. 
what, what, what if it, it the, the metal must heat up? Do you want your it balls? It doesn't heat up to the point it where is. like it gets hot to the touch. I don't know if you're in the sun. All the fight could they last say all what day. That was in. Yeah, or it's cold. Have you ever seen a Christmas story? Like, what if his balls get stuck to the metal, like that kid's <laughs> tongue on the fucking pole? <laughs> I don't know. He probably had something in there, but I think your body heat would keep your armor warm enough. I don't know. But isn't the arm balls like supposed to be cooler than your body's? Well, that they, if they were if it were cold <laughs> enough, they would retract. But the guy reached in and still got him. So you just have so. But like, was there like a little like a fly on the armor? He just like unzipped it to get to the balls. <laughs> How did he get well, to it them? Has, well, the uh, the legs have like slats so they can move. Like, the chest is, like, a solid piece, but they have joints where you get, like, because the knife is for getting in between the joints of the plate so yeah. you can stab them. It's like uh, eating off crab, you know? You have to, like, get that little tool kind to of. pick out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get under the shell and break it off. But I just, I just what a strange, des- what a terrible design flaw that the guy, you, can, you, can't, you can't stab him. I guess they figure if you're getting but your nuts balls, off, you get can't, the, Here's the problem. You can't ride a horse if you're sitting on metal. So if you're sitting on metal plates, so like that area has to be. You can wear chainmail, so you. So oh man, man, that was usually pinch. they were just kind of like a chainmail skirt <laughs> that would supposedly uh, protect them. But like your actual seat area, not really protected. So you were, yeah, they were teabagging those horses every time. Oh, their <laughs> their taint must have just been covered in horse hair, lice, oh. <laughs> horse lice. The worst kind. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but then, what kind, they, of, what kind of what kind of an animal is lice, Michael? I don't know. I don't have anything for that. <laughs> uh, a louse uh, is a it's a something. So would you would you would you not like it if it hugged you? I certainly Did it grab on like, real tight. You know, it would bug me if the plate mail hugged onto my balls. I'll tell you that. Or the lice, uh, so I guess I have a beer for that. You, you guys, you guys are not fun. Oh God, that is a str- that is a strong aroma. Uh, this is of bu- what? Uh, lice. Uh, this is oh a, God. This is bug hug, a fruited sour by Casey. It smells BC. like a bug bomb. <laughs> yeah, it just I have to I have to vent out the room for twenty minutes after this. It is a sour ale with strawberry, watermelon, and lime. That's five point two percent alcohol. Yeah, this is like the longest I've ever waited in an episode to have a beer. This is practically a beer virgin now. <laughs> that smells not terribly appetizing. It's a really light. Like there's not a lot light? of light. There's not a lot of not a lot of flavor to it. Mm. You know, for la- sour and lime, I expect those flavors to be pretty po- pretty potent. But strawberry and, and watermelon are kind of wimpy flavors in beer. So I don't really get too much of it. It's okay. It's nothing great. The fact that I paid like nine dollars for this can is a bummer. <laughs> but I'm never going back to that beer store, Nate. <laughs> Spent eighty one bucks to buy six beers and the fucking two we drank. You were spoiled by the uh, this it was, whole it was, summer. Yeah, it was, it was really a whole year of buying it remotely, getting it by the case. <laughs> but I mean, I thought I didn't spend money on beer, but it's that that they, the markup on the cans is outrageous. Like things that would be twenty dollars a four pack, they were charging nine dollars for a single can of it, or ten dollars for a single can. So it's a huge mm. markup. But anyway, yeah, that would that would be a, a bug hug, I suppose. That's definitely why I bought the beer. I didn't have a different joke planned <laughs> that I got outvoted on for the first time ever on the show. 
<laughs> so I'm like, that's not okay, Mike. <laughs> Fucking that's a Nate joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, Nate, you were giving us the uh, the, the commentary on the fight. All right. So first they. You know, do joust like three rounds of like jousting, but they all, but they both have to like stop and catch the breath after each one because it's like getting hit by a car <laughs> each time. Just get hit by a car so a few times. Finally, the third time their lances, sm- you know, disintegrate. They're just like because, you know, they're made of wood. But each one, like the end, but the lance has a steel tip. And so the steel tip lance is that the steel tip is like stuck in each of their shields. So anyway, they they like throw their like broken lances aside and then take out axes, and then they're just like still on the horse, just like hitting <laughs> each hitting each other tr- with the axes. But they also have a shield in one arm. That goes on for a while, and they occasionally have to pause and catch their breath, both of them, because this is what real fights are like. You know when you see. When you see, uh, you know, movie uh, fights, you know, bat movie battles and things like that, and they just go on and on and on. It's like no, like how long is a how long is a is a is a round in boxing? Three minutes. Isn't it like a minute? Two minutes. It's three. None of us know. E- either way, but they're <laughs> but they're so exhausted after only a little bit of time. They're also wearing sixty pounds of just armor plus their weapons. Anyway, so they're like, in, but so they're they're um, horseback trying to like hit each other with their axes, and Legree tries to hit Carouge but misses, and instead chops his horse's heads off, horse's yeah. head off. So he literally chops through the neck of the of Carouge's horse, who immediately you know dies instantly, and then falls down and almost pins Carouge, which. I'm sure it was a big problem in, you know, for nights all the time was literally getting your leg track trapped under your horse when it, when it dies Didn't because it they're incredibly vulnerable. to the king of the Rorahim? Who? In Lord of the Rings, the king. Oh, God. He gets caught under the horse when the, the witch king is coming to get him. And then his daughter saves him. I think so, yes. Is that also how Henry VIII... No, no, he ate his horse. Henry VIII died of just (laughs) fucking gout. (laughs) No, no, but Henry VIII got injured. Uh, He didn't die from this, but he got injured. But it was after he got injured and couldn't exercise anymore that he got fat. (laughs) You ever see... This was a couple years There's like a picture of... Like at some museum that had like the armor that he had. And like the armor when he was a young man versus the armor made for like some bullshit ceremony when he was old. It's like... It's like a before and after of a diet commercial thing. <laughs> like, just a, Hopefully after and before. Yeah, exactly. But it's like the, 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 sh- the difference is shocking. It's not like, oh, he let himself go a bit. It's like, oh, my God. It's like fucking Jabba the Eighth. Karouge <laughs> <laughs> manages. To, so he like doesn't get pinned under his horse, but he's now at a big disadvantage because he's now on foot. And Legree is still on horseback, you know, having the... So he has an advantage, but Carouge manages to then kill Legree's horse with literally the end of the the, the, the steel, the tip of the lance, just like stabs it in, stabs the, the horse the in. Um, the axe? Yeah, he, he's, 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 coming the he's coming out of the, the joust. Yeah, like because the axe has the pointy parts on the top and the back. Oh, okay. And he like ducks under the horse and just fucking uppercuts it with an axe and just disembowels it and kills the horse, which these, you know, it's like really sad 
today to think of how many horses died in battle. But it must have happened all the time. All the time. And it French people eat horses, constantly. so they're like, whatever, man. That's, that's burgers, baby. <laughs> <laughs> also, horses were incredibly expensive, and war horses, these, these, these war horses, these specially trained, highly trained, much larger horses were... 20 times as expensive as a regular horse, and they last, they each lasted approximately five minutes. Yeah. Well, that answers the question of war. What is it good for? It's horses. Well, horse breeders. Dead horses. <laughs> for the horse for breeding horse lobbies. Horse, the ho- horse salesman. <laughs> horse. But not, not, not okay. people who insure horses, though. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. Yeah, terrible, yeah. yeah. So you're right, by the way. He did hurt his fucking leg in a jousting incident, Henry VIII, and that then he just became a fat piece of shit for the rest of his life. Like every other person who was a high school athlete <laughs> doesn't turn pro. They just get fatter and shittier and just talk about how great they used to be. <laughs> yeah, that's from... I, I learned that from the uh, the Mirror and the Light. No, the other one. Yeah, the fucking that's the one that didn't win the Booker. And, uh, Wolf Hall, yeah. Bring, Bring the up the bodies. That's book two. By Hillary Mantel. Fuck Hillary Mantel. Yes. Sure. I read it. I just couldn't think of this name or the author. You <laughs> Good <know>. start. <laughs> but I did get this Doing one great. piece of trivia from it, so it was <laughs> worth it. That's the important part. Uh, so and so they're now they're um, so now they're both on foot and they're just now swinging swords at each other, and then Legree gets a lucky stab and stabs. Carouge in the leg, and so, and and Carouge could have died from this, or more like what Legree could have done is just sort of like waited for Carouge to bleed out, and could have just like basically run away. He instead of leaving the sword in, took it out. See, that doesn't quite make sense. Or would you still bleed even with the sword? I think out? you would bleed Maybe more with it out. You right? bleed more, but I think the, their their idea was like if you have the sword in his leg, he's not going to be able to still like hobble. Oh, then around. you really can't he's just walk like just leave him there. Much. He's going to bleed out with his fucking. Like, because it's a big sword. It's not some but like baby wouldn't sword. you want? So, so here's the thing. But wouldn't that? That's what it said in the book. But wouldn't Legree want his sword? Well, he had like, another sword. Oh, the there's some one. axes yeah. laying on the floor somewhere. Like, there's shit all over the place. That's true. Like at this he point, been it would okay. It Legree's best strategy would have been to just let Carouge just bleed, or just and hit then, him a second time right away instead of like backing off and letting him like regain his composure. It's typical horror movie. Logic, you know, yeah. like they knock the bad guy down once and they're like, that's it. And then he gets right back up. Something like, similar happens here. Stab him in the neck when he is on the ground. Yeah. Right away. Just keep kicking him in the balls. <laughs> but he doesn't. So, and so uh, Karush knows that like he's doesn't have very long. So, but then he, so he's like goes back and they're sword fighting some more and manages to knock Legree to the ground and Legree is now on his back on the ground. But, you know, when you're wearing 60 pounds of armor, it's very difficult to get up. And so, and, and then Karouge gets on top of him and is just like, both like punching him and, and but, and, and then Karouge manages to get, he's trying to get the get visor open, open and stab him in the yeah, face. Manage, finally manages to get his visor open. And then they're like screaming at each other and, and, uh, Karouge says, confess, you know, confess your sins or confess your crime. And Legree says, I didn't do it. I'm innocent. He, 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 he quote the bard Shaggy. It wasn't me. 
But and so, <laughs> and so Carouge then stabs him through the neck. Yeah, and then he. You know, this part probably wasn't recorded in any chronicle, but the author writes about how he gurgled as he died. <laughs> you know, just trying to breathe and choking on his own blood. Must have been... Uh, and so, gross. technically, in the eyes of the law, in the eyes of God, Carouge has now proved that he was right. Which is also... And Legree was a liar. Also, we... Uh, and we also left, left out, out the out part. Marguerite. And yeah. We left out how Marguerite had to go to this, and that if... Her husband lost. That would prove that she was a liar and then would immediately be brought. I mean, he, if, if her husband dies, she would immediately be brought to be burned at the stake because she was a liar. And it's, you know, for her, it's, it's good that he won because the people were sharply divided over this crime. Like a lot of people said, yeah, that guy did it. And a lot of people like, he was a very popular dude. He's like, no, he didn't do it. Um, and so there was her account, but there's also many other alternate theories as to what happened. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> that was a spray. That beer was very happy to see yeah. you. This is like alternate Legree. theory by, uh, what is this? By Nod Hill Brewery, and it is a dry-hopped Belgian-style ale. It says mosaic on it, so I guess it's made with mosaic, but I don't know what a dry-hopped Belgian-style ale is. It's nice to be spicy. Clove and shit. It is, yeah. It kind of, kind of got that. It's, it's, it's not as spicy as a Belgian is, but it's got. It's definitely one hundred percent got that, uh, that taste to it. It's kind of like a lighter one. It's because it's probably just they used a Belgian yeast strain, and maybe they monkeyed around with the uh, grain bill a bit. And uh, here it says, uh, could have put a candy sugar a in hybrid there. Hybrid of our hop forward beers. And Belgian-inspired styles. Alternate theory features a rotating dry hop, a succinct grain bill of Pilsner malt, and spicy fermentation character from a Trappist-origin yeast. See? There you go. Fucking. But my... And, I know all this beer stuff, but my beer joke was too much. It's fucking... <laughs> yeah. There was the, it was a beer joke that was too that much. That was the yeah. beer joke. No. You know what? Just like in the story... Nobody will actually know what happened about this beer joke. They will just have to take our conflicting words for it. Yeah. So it kind no of will know the very meta that Nate said. <laughs> <laughs> so then um, Legree <laughs> dies and uh, everyone's happy and the king is happy and he gives, uh, he gives Cruz like a shit ton of money as a reward, like good fight. And here's 6,000 francs or whatever the fuck they used. Leavers. And then they kind of, that's kind of the, I mean, it's certainly the end of the duel story. And then there's just like a little, you know, end of the movies where they show each character what happened to them kind of thing. Or what happened to their body. Well, two years later, Carouge goes off to fight in a crusade and dies. In Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That is the sequel to The Last Duel. <laughs> because in this, this famous battle where they just got fucking slaughtered by Turks and, uh, it's not clear exactly which point in the battle he died, but he definitely died there, they think. He just disappears. And he, the, he wasn't around anymore after it, so it's pretty safe to assume that he died. <laughs> but the wife was still around, so maybe there's some sort of record that, you know, she knew he was yeah. dead. Yeah. I and, forget what uh, happens to the wife. I forget Legree's, what happens to Marguerite. Legree's body gets dragged to, like, the shit dungeon where it's hung from the ceiling on chains 
with all the other criminals. It's not a dungeon. It's a fucking hill. Like it's a yeah. I thought there was like a building that they was on in there because there was chains hanging from the ceiling, like full of dead bodies where the rats and the crows. No, I would think eat. it was outside in public. Yeah, because it's hill. meant to. It's meant to be a, oh, a okay. A, just where where all the criminals got executed. It's meant to be a, a deterrent. Very common to bring the whole family to a public execution. Well, they hadn't invented. The uh, they hadn't invented Netflix yet, so they just had. They didn't have Netflix and chill. They just had kill <laughs> and chill. But one thing that we forgot to mention, or I forgot to mention about the fight, which I thought was really funny, they weren't the audience. The crowd wasn't allowed to make any noise. So it must have been so weird. It's certainly it's like watching uh, the U.S. Open. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But it's with the sounds of men trying to murder each other. And it includes like, if they talked, if they farted, if they coughed, they would get kicked out and maybe killed for, for sneezing during the fight, which seems a little extreme. And I think he's probably exaggerating there. Since the fight could last all day, invariably someone had to cough. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Could you make noises when they were having snack time? You, um, <laughs> you made a quick sandwich just for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like, what were the snacks limited? Like, at least they brought some food on there, but it's like, we're talking just like a loaf of bread. And like some fruit or is Full it like, blown is, he bringing, hoagies. is he bringing like, is there like a ham sandwich happening or like a corn dog maybe? <laughs> well, the sandwich hadn't been invented yet. Or I tend to think discovered. Or the corn I think the sam- dog. I think the, the corn dog is, is a timeless, timeless thing, Nate. They definitely had corn dogs. Cavemen had corn dogs. It's true. Where do you think we got them? <laughs> uh, on the sixth day, God also made corn dogs, Nate. It was... <laughs> And he was like, I can't do any better than this. Let I'm there, be, the next let day there off. be corn dogs. <laughs> uh, I guess, you know, it, had, it would have to have been presumably things that wouldn't spoil right away. So probably bread and... Well, they're like, only going to be down there for at most another day. If you don't kill them by day two, I think people are just going to lose interest. But you still... Someone has to die. They can't leave until it's over. <laughs> at that point, you just die of exhaustion. They're like locked in there. Maybe they yeah. just kill both of you. God hates you both. You suck at this. <laughs> I like how the the fight was on the in like the courtyard of a monastery, and they'd have to yeah. they had to like rent it out like it was a fucking catering hall. <laughs> like pay it was the like, monastery. An, like a like an Elks Club. <laughs> I think it was a I think it was a Knights of Columbus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are Knights of Columbus. Well, a little earlier, Columbu. <laughs> it's the. Uh, the Shriners? Shriners, yeah. With the fezes? They're wearing, yeah. they're wearing the hats. <laughs> they have little tiny horses they ride around. <laughs> so they're going to make this into a movie with Matt Damon, Adam LeDriver, and Ben Affleck with the most hilarious wig I've ever seen in my life. I haven't, I've seen the trailer just the one time, but I Look didn't Look at a picture it. of Ben Affleck as Pierre. <laughs> I saw that today. I was like, wow, that's a look. Oh, the blonde stupid thing? Yeah. His little fucking chin beard and his weird blonde hair. I thought they all have that too. Like Matt Damon also has just a chin beard. Matt Damon has got like a full woodsman beard. I thought at some point, maybe he's like still looking fresh and young in the beginning, but by the oh. end he looks like oh yeah. No, Ben Affleck looks really stupid. Yeah, he looks really stupid. Well, he looks like a guy because they like just bleach. They just bleached his hair, and he's got a fucking stupid goatee. <laughs> yeah, <No, that's>, yeah. <laughs> it's like he does. Look he looks really like young. a Machine Gun Kelly role playing at a Renaissance fair. He just looks like a fucking asshole. <laughs> he kind of does. <laughs> and then uh, Adam Driver looks like Adam Driver in every other movie that he's in. Because 
for some reason they're like now that that hair and beard is perfect yeah it's fine you're, you're good man it's just he's just a medieval kylo ren or whatever the fuck that character's name is kylo ren and then uh <laughs> matt damon has like a mullet sort of thing uh maybe he's got helmet. Yeah, he's got no, helmet that's hair a, that's a mullet <laughs> yeah that is a mullet yeah in french it's moulet moulet yeah <laughs> <laughs> So I can okay. Most books, when they're made into a movie, there's there are too many, way too many things that happen in the book that they have to cut a bunch out. Yeah, this has the opposite problem (laughs) where there's not nearly enough that happens. I think that they will cut out all the historical shit. Oh yeah, and they'll be left with a they they, you could you could make the rest of that into an hour forty minute movie easily easily because the fight would take they could make it take fifteen minutes. Yeah, but what do you do for the other? Well, I mean, there it is. It does take place minutes. over the case of like you know a decade or two. Well, it's really the it's all a um, it's a two and a half hour movie. Jesus Christ! Oh God! It, okay, it, I don't well, know. it's because Ridley Scott directed it. Oh, so there's going to be some aliens chest bursting at some point then. So, mm. oh, maybe this is like a really, really, really prequel to, to Prometheus. Uh, Prometheus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the alien pops out, but you just hear like Doof, inside the armor because he can't get through it. And no one knows it's a prequel to Prometheus. It could still be a prequel to Prometheus, just has no aliens in it. Didn't Ridley Scott also do the, that fucking Crusades movie? Oh, uh, The Kingdom of Heaven? Yes. Yeah, that was surprisingly not that bad. It was okay, but it was fucking really long. So were the Crusades. <laughs> I would like to think of it as a prequel to Thelma and Louise, which he also directed. He directed Thelma and Louise? I believe so. That's so weird. <laughs> it's nothing like it. Yeah, he directed stuff. Thelma and Louise. I thought he did. I couldn't, yeah. It's a prequel Maybe to at Thelma the end of Louise. Thelma and Louise, and they drive off the cliff. Aliens pop out of their chest, and we don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they chose to kill themselves, like uh, like Ripley in, oh, get in it uh, out. the third Alien. Um, oh man, he directed Black Rain, that fucking shitty uh, Michael Douglas movie. Oh, I don't know what that one is. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, he did Gladiator, so he's done a bunch of oh, historical okay. crap. Yeah, Gladiator. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I you know, I don't think it'll be bad. I think it'll probably be pretty good. I think they are, they're going to get rid of a lot of the, you know, the, the history learning. You know, it wasn't that long, I thought. That's right. He also did The Duelists. The fuck is that? Never heard of it. It's this movie about, it's, it's, the, it's like a Napoleonic Wars era oh. where about two, Have you seen two this movie? military officers. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, because it was current events for Nate. Uh, <laughs> it's a documentary. You you guys think I've never seen anything? I just you just haven't. Seen I don't think he directed useful. that. <laughs> oh man, he's di- he's producing a Death on the Nile uh, film. Uh, well, producing could mean fucking anything. That means he showed up and collected. I a think check. Death on the Nile was actually like. I think it was. Sh- I think it was shot and ready to come out, but they just didn't. They they didn't put it out because of coronavirus. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, because they were making that a long time ago. That's why we read that shitty book, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yep. The Duelist mm-hmm. is his first movie. Oh, yeah, Nate Soul. Oh. This is from 1977. That's why. <laughs> I've never heard of it. But it's based on a... It's Oh, man. It's based on a book by Joseph Conrad. He's just got a... He's got it in his contract that anytime something comes out with Duel in it, he's got to make it. <laughs> they got him early. It's a 12-picture deal. It's very specific. <laughs> he's like, they'll never find 12 of these. And this came out. I was like, shit. All right. Just tend to go. <laughs> yeah, he does like science fiction and... Historical dramas with war, and occasional random things like Thelma and Louise, or That's a historical drama of war, war against the patriarchy, men, <laughs> or uh, 
he directed Hannibal. Uh, oh, the worst one? Yeah. yeah. Not enough chest bursting in that. Actually, not the worst one. The second worst one. Hannibal Rising was the worst one. Oh, no one saw that. No. It no, it's bad. Um, so I think when they make a movie, they absolutely, I agree with you, they'll take out all the historical crap and they'll just kind of, sh- you could show it We're so much We're not going to get a easily. lot about the Hundred Years' War and like the Norman conquest of France or anything of that. Well, I bet there'll be a couple in the beginning part of the movie to establish that the characters are badasses. There'll be some battle scene where we see them just killing all sorts of fucking limeys or whatever. But they can't get too specific at it because it's going to be full of Americans going, which one's Norman? <laughs> Norman who? Rockwell? <laughs> I thought it was old, but not this He old. was French. But they'll also... They've changed it so now that they're they're like best friends, the two guys. So it's going to well, be, and well, of I course. think, and I think what it's going to be in the movie is more of like a psychological thing. Like, is she telling the truth? Who can they trust? How can they know? Kind of mm-hmm. thing. Or just Matt Damon losing his mind slowly as he gets whittled away emotionally. Hmm? Yeah. But uh, I mean, I still two and a half hours seems like a long time for this. But yeah. maybe I know. I'm sure, it's I'm sure it's going to be decent. I'm I'm not. I didn't say. I mean, decent. Like, it'll be watchable. Like if I'm trapped on a plane, I wouldn't mind it. But I probably I, I have no intention of going to theaters to see this. I'm definitely not going to theaters anyway. <laughs> when this is actually going to be exclusively in theaters for the first six weeks oh, before well, it streams. I mean, I'm in no rush. I didn't know this was happening until we decided to read this book. So five days ago, yeah, it was. So who should read it then? I don't know if anyone should read it. Uh, if you like I history thought, okay. stuff, maybe back when I b- before when I said it felt like an undergraduate history paper, it's because he included everything he found in order to like make it into a, even a two hundred page book. He had to include in the book every single thing he found in his research, which which didn't need to be that much stuff. That's kind of the problem with it. It finally got good for about six pages. Right near the end. So I don't know who should read it. Uh, I would say just see the movie. Yeah, I think if you're, if you're a big history buff, this book might be interesting. But if you're really into history, you'll see that this is not the best written history book you could find. And you'd probably be more interested in It's a in history things. book written by a literature critic. Yeah. And not even attempting to write to a history audience. This is definitely meant to be... Purchase at airports. <laughs> and right it's also right a history <laughs> event that's like, compared to most history books, a very small kind of in scope thing that he gave a shitload of context to. Like 75% of the book was context to this small legal case that was, you know, interesting. And people still talk about it in France for some fucking reason. But I can't imagine you, the average Parisian is talking about this. It might just be well, the, a, the Normans, maybe. <laughs> they still won't give up on it. They still talk about the Grease family, you know, still says he was wronged. Like, was he? He probably absolutely raped that lady. And probably. Uh, they, they went to, like, the theories about, like, why it was most likely that she wasn't, she was telling the truth. It was like, she told this, it would be weird to tell the story and then invent an accomplice of his. If it was just him, okay, like, oh, well, you never know. But it's like, oh, and there was another guy there, too. And I was like, well, why would you make that part up? And like, then they could clearly just say no, and there were two guys and not there. It's 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 more likely than not that he that he'd rape the lady. Certainly. Yep. 
And anyway, he's guilty in the eyes of the French and the and God. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean that's that's a fact. That's science or legality. So yeah, I guess tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at DrunkGuysBC. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at DrunkGuysBookClub. And if you want to support the podcast, head over to Patreon.com slash DrunkGuysBookClub or head over to our website where you can get a link to our merch stuff and uh, you could you could just be the coolest looking person on the block. And you can also give us a hand uh, by giving us five stars wherever you listen to us because that's our stars are good and we like them and they provide heat for our planet and without them we would die and we need five. And follow us on Goodreads, where we read with our friends, who are good. Bon. (laughs) (laughs) And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.